Belinda Margot, whose voice note calling for black women's uteruses to be removed and black men to be burned because they apparently rape, steal and kill, was arrested and charged on criminal injuria on the 25th of November after the Azania's People's Organization, or Azapo, laid charges against her. Director at Johannesburg-based law firm Malkin Lyons and Brivik, Svi Brivik, explains what crimin injuria is, if similar cases of crimin injuria have been successful, and what penalties are typical of this sort of charge. So it's unlawful, intentional, serious violation, we will discuss what serious is, of dignity or privacy. Okay. So that's what you need in order to be able to establish communiorus. So as I say, it can be either through your behavior, but I'm, I think we can just confine ourselves to not behavior, but by word, uh, committed by word. All right. So you can have criminal URL or criminal offense where somebody's privacy is impaired or when their dignity is impaired. Okay. If it's a question of dignity, then the person whose dignity you impair should be aware of it. That would be the subject of test. Go to the next the next leg of it, was it said intentionally? Is it unlawful and is it a serious violation? You also can look at, a, at an objective test and the difference is now that you're not the person who is included in this, which would probably be the case here because you're, you're talking about a group of people uh, and not, and in my opinion, not necessarily limited to black South Africans. Any South African would be offended by this. So, so, uh, so, so it basically is all of, the entire nation would be should be offended by this, um, and then you would say, would it would it hurt the feelings or of a reasonable person? So taking into account some of some of what she had said, burn the black man, worsen the pit bull, um, you know, women's uteruses should be taken out so they can't procreate. Blame them, kill them, shoot them, and then you know that kind of thing. So. You could, uh, on, on an objective test, of course, this is this is offensive. But you don't need to look much further than that. Uh, Sparrow, who you recall, made a very offensive remark comparing black South Africans to monkeys, was ordered to make a payment of 150,000 rand. So that wasn't an equality court order. It was one that was made by a magistrate's court. While Vicky Momberg was sentenced to three years in prison, and that's still the longest term of prison, she was sentenced to serve actually with one year suspended. So that, that's where we are at the moment. And those were 2016 and 2019 decisions. Obviously, um, Katsabellas was a little bit more recent than, than that. He was fined 50,000 rand and he was given a two year imprisonment, which was in respect to the criminal euro. So this was unrelated to the 150,000 rand which he paid uh, as part of the equality court or had to pay as part of the equality court settlement. Remember, though, in his instance, he did plead guilty and he showed remorse. Vicky Momberg didn't, and neither did Sparrow. So it could be that in that that was one of the reasons his criminal sentence was lower at two years and his fine at fifty thousand rand. Vicky Momberg, the facts of that case are very interesting. She there was a smash and grab. Somebody smashed into her car and took out some things. She had the foresight to or the wherewithal to call the police, and the police arrived to investigate. There were two two black police officers, and that set off an entire rant which which he had against black South Africans using, you know, obviously all the extremely offensive words. But of course, this is why they get she got such a heavy uh, fine and a heavy jail sentence. 
she she wanted to justify those remarks on the basis that she wasn't able to appreciate right and wrong at the time when she made those remarks. And she actually said, and it is a defense. You can say that that you didn't you weren't aware of what your con- content or what you were saying. It was unconscious, it was an unconscious diatribe. They even called a medical expert to try and to to provide an explanation for that. The magistrates at the time, and it was later upheld by the by the High Court, wasn't convinced by that. And basically he found that those remarks were made with intention. And that the very fact that she had the uh the wherewithal or she was within her senses to call the police was sufficient then for her, for him to say, well, you know, she she then was aware of the content and context of her speech that she should be convicted for, for having the intention of saying those words. 60-year-old Margot, in an exclusive Times Live interview, said that she felt she ought to be forgiven for her comments. So what do you think should be done... What do you should think should be done in your case, Belinda? What do you think should happen going forward? I think, I think hypothetically, I should be forgiven and left alone. Hypothetically, because okay. Because honestly, I, <laughs> you have never heard of me before this. And if I was such a racist, trust me, you would have heard it somewhere. Somewhere it would have come out. I was born and bred in South Africa. I don't have a criminal record. You've never, ever heard of me. Except now. So if I was such a bad racist and I really hated these guys and I really wish they were dead or whatever, it would have come up somewhere. So you don't think that should the South African Human Rights Commission investigate it and hold you accountable and a charge should be laid against you for hate speech? You don't think there should be any repercussions for you in terms of the law? Because I've never, never hypothetically done it before. So you hadn't done it before, it was only this time? Hypothetically, that is correct. However, forgiveness seems to be an unlikely outcome as she has been evicted from her home, has faced a wave of social backlash and is expected back in court to answer for the charges on the 27th of March, 2023. In light of previous similar cases, Brivik predicts that even with potential mitigating factors, the outcome is unlikely to be a simple slap on the wrist for Margot. I had a, I listened to Mr. Margot's interview, which she did, and uh, hypothetically, of course, she hypothetically, if she were the one to have said that, she then said she'd had a hard life. She said she was treated badly. There was an almost rape, but not quite a rape from what I heard, but an almost rape, uh, and she, that she'd been stolen from. You know, that she had all sorts of other, other, um, excuses, but those, those really were, were, were the main ones. And then I, you know, had a look at what the judge had said in the Momberg matter, because he had to consider also whether, in fact, there was an excuse for having said this. You know, couldn't be excusable. Is is it defensible at all? He said, when an accused acts in an aggressive, goal-directed and focused manner, spurred by anger or some other emotion, while still able to appreciate the difference between right and wrong, and while able to direct and control his actions, then it stretches the credulity when he then claims after assaulting or killing someone that at some stage during the directed or planned maneuver, he lost an ability to control the action. So basically. What we have here with, with 
with Mrs. Nagore, if that's the way you pronounce it, and you had with Vicky Momberg, you had aggressive and you had goal-directed and focused behavior and, and uh, speech. Because criminal neuro is, is behavior or speech. But it is serious. And the question that you're asking goes to the sentencing. And if you're asking about the sentencing, you have to think of the nature of the crime and the interests of society, the personality of the, and the circumstances of the, the offender um, before you make, before you, you, you hand down a sentence. So in the Vicky Momberg case, there was quite an extensive assessment of her, of her circumstances, where she grew up, how she grew up, what had happened with her business, some of the debts which she had. Um, and what's not clear is to what extent these were considered to be uh, in mitigation of a sentence. Uh, in this instance, I mean, we don't know all of Mr. Magor's personal circumstances other than what she gave you in the, in this short interview. It hasn't been verified. I mean, even, even to the extent that she refers to a rape, which would not be exculpatory. So in other words, it doesn't, doesn't get off the hook. It's not exculpatory. Uh, but it may be a factor which a magistrate will take into account. We don't, she says it's an almost rape. So we don't, we don't know any of those circumstances. If you use the previous convictions as a rule of thumb, um, you know, the, the maximum amount of 150,000 Rand, if adjusted for CPI and inflation, would be well over 200,000 Rand at the moment. And the three years imprisonment, although being the maximum amount that, that was given, these remarks are, may be considered by a magistrate to be far worse. I, I, as, as much as I wouldn't want to make a prediction, I think the three years, if she were to get it, would be a lenient sentence. And I think that a magistrate hearing this matter may well um, want to make this into an example and pose a larger sentence. For Times Live, I am Paige Muller.